0: this ministry. This is made possible by other people's generosity and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. God wants you to pursue Him and expect that there's more. All of those questions that you have, it's not found in another seminar, in another sermon. It's found in a deeper relationship with God and understanding that there's so much more out there. Good morning. Hey, okay. I like that, I like that. Good to see you guys. See what every every week is it's growing and growing so I'm like oh my gosh are we getting back to normal hello are we yes yes but why why go to why stop at normal let's just be amazing after that right yes so hey glad you're here uh, if you are joining us for the first time this is week three uh, five, I believe, of this series, and if this is your first time, like your experience online or here, I'm Naeem, one of the pastors here, and I'm excited that you're here. Now here's what the deal is, because it's week five of this series, uh, this conversation, it's going to feel like if you're, you know, if you've ever been at a party and you walk into a conversation that a group is having, like you kind of walk in and you kind of feel like, I don't know, if, uh, if they'll accept me kind of thing, and people are talking about something and you're like, ah, yeah, what are we what are we laughing about? What are we, what are we? Have you ever done that, right? Sometimes people are so rude because some people don't even want to include you. Have you been there? I've walked into groups and they go, okay, no one's talking to me. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'll just move on somewhere else, somewhere else. So it's going to feel like you are joining a conversation that we've been having. Because you are joining a conversation, the good thing is we're the good group. We're those, hey, come on in. Invite you in. We'll We'll get you caught up on what we're talking about. And because this... Conversation, really, these series of conversations have been so good, so, so good. And uh, I'd love for you to actually go back and listen to all of them. Because just like when you walk into a conversation, uh, you're not going to realize, like, what we're talking about, the context, and you might just misunderstand some things. And it's happened. It's it's happened. Like, a couple of weeks ago, someone misunderstood something. I'm like, did you go back and listen when we started from? And so you got to go back, and you really got to dive in. Because this is a very, uh, I don't want to say deep uh, conversation, but this is a very real conversation about what does it mean to reimagine what God looks like. And so I'm loving it. I'm loving it, loving it. And I got to tell you, um, those of you who are brand new to this, make sure. I know I'm making a big deal about this because it's really good. Not because I've I've, I've been doing it. It's been really good because I've been the most stressed about these talks that I've ever had. I mean, I'm getting pimples, people, and I'm like in my mid-40s. Like, come on. Like, what's happening? What's happening here? Because I think this is a good conversation. So let's jump in. So today I want to talk about the image of God. The image of God. Because I believe that your image of God uh, determines how you treat people. Like what, 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 you, what you think um, God looks like or is like in fact it actually f- flows into you it becomes a part of who you are it gives you identity and then you uh, you end up treating other people and even yourself a certain way because you believe a certain thing about God or certain things about God and we all grew up believing all kinds of big things about the image of God so in Latin there's a phrase called Amago day Amago day is the phrase it's kind of cool sounding right uh, but it talks about the, 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 uh, just the, the reverence of how we were created. So when I would say to you or ask you, hey, when you think of the image of God, what do you think of, right? Um, you might think, yeah, I have certain images of God, but when someone says you were made in the image of God... Um, or you were supposed to live into the image of God, you would think, ah, I, uh, that means I'm important, or things matter, or, w- w- uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm going to, uh, God's in my life, so things like that. But the image of God is deeper than that, and I think we have to start with this deconstruction of your image of who God is, and in particular, the God of Christianity, now I grew up Muslim, so I was introduced to the God of Christianity in a very different way. And then, after I became a follower of Jesus, it's a it's a, a bit of a long story. I wrote a book about it called Ex-Muslim. It's uh, sci-fi. There's a lot of sci-fi stuff happening that one night that I met him. Just so you guys know, uh, it's on it's on YouTube and all that. But. After I met him, I had to, in fact, talk to my parents about Jesus and tell them why their son was no longer a Muslim because I grew up in the Middle East. And, and I, I remember talking to my dad, and he said, why did you, in one of our conversations, he said, why did you, why did you go, why did you be choose the white man's religion? And I thought, huh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I, I, the backstory story is, is that uh, I'm Pakistani, My my dad was uh, born and raised in Pakistan, and Pakistan was connected to India, and uh, so there was a British empire that was one of the largest empires in the known world, and uh, they had uh, taken over India as well, and they began to preach the gospel, in a sense, or convert people into Christianity, and so my dad grew up with this idea of, like, that Christianity, and the God of Christianity is uh, this this white man's religion. This is, is, actually, there is a white man. Uh, and uh, so he had a view of who the God of Christianity was. And, and when I heard about that, and I thought about what he said, I thought, man, I wonder how many, how many warped views do we have about, the, the, about God? Like, have you ever heard the phrase, the man upstairs? Right? Who made that up? Like, who made that up? Why is there an upstairs? Like, who? Like, <laughs> right? Uh, the, w- the, because the, there is no upstairs. I mean, that works only if the world is flat, and the world is not flat. Did you guys know that, by the way? <laughs> Someone write that down. Yeah, it's not. So it doesn't work. So up is down, and down is up. So what is the man upstairs? What, what, what does that look like? What do you think of when you think of the image of God? And could it be possible be, that it is affecting you, even negatively? I think for some of us, that's why we have not uh, been in a church environment, because we've got this view of who God is, the man upstairs, the big guy, the whoever you want to call him. And he always seems to be a male. I don't know why. And and uh, and always seems to have a beard. If, there, he, if he's ever if he's ever like you know like uh, portrayed in a movie, he always has a beard. I don't know what it, what the deal is. He likes facial hair. I'm glad he does. I'm glad he does. he's probably Middle Eastern. Write that down too. God is Middle Eastern. No. So let's talk about this image. What does it look like? So what I want to do is give you an idea of what I believe that we need to explore, because this whole series is about exploring the more of what God wants us to explore. So let's go into the image of God. We'll start with Genesis, because that's the best way to start, right? Genesis 1. We start with there, because it's the beginning story of God. And it says here, Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, help me out, in the beginning, what? God created the heavens and the earth. I'll just stop there, right there. So in the beginning, God created. The, the first phrase in Hebrew, if the, the Hebrew writer was writing this down. Um, he wrote, Barshith Barah Elohim. Barah Elohim. In the beginning, God. And it's really powerful because right there, he starts off talking about the, the language that the, the Hebrews used, Elohim, actually does, is not a male or a female. As Elohim is used for gods and goddesses. But yet, barach, created, is the word that's a male, masculine word. So there's already a mystery in the first three letters of Genesis. But as we keep on going, which, by the way, I'm not going um, um, to say this whole verse in Hebrew, if you guys were thinking that. I'm not that good. No, no, that's, that's all I know, okay? He created the heavens and the earth. And then it says this, the earth was formless and empty and the darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and what? And there was light. So let's start with this image of God. Who is this God? Some of you know him as Father. We've always Called him father, um, especially in, in the Western world. But when you start with Genesis, number one, you see three things. Number, God is a creator. He created. Number two, God is spirit. Do you notice that? And the spirit of God was hovering. Number three, there was what else? What else is God in there? Word. He said it. God spoke and things happened. God could have created things anyway. He wanted to, but he chose the spoken word. So, right in the beginning, beginning the image of God is non, is, it's, 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 it's not what we think. It's not one or two. It's more than Father. It's, it's not, not Mother. It's not, not Father, but it starts with Creator, Spirit, and word he spoke the word now what's fascinating about that is because i think it expands our view of who god truly is we see it as god the father the son and the holy spirit in hebrew text it's creator the word and spirit why is this something that we have not been taught before i think it got lost in translation but in the New Testament, it was brought back by the disciples. So John, there's a guy, John, the, one of the disciples, he is one of those guys that he gave himself a title. Anybody know it? He gave the, the most beloved, like the beloved disciple. Like as in his writings, he wrote that the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved the most. I kid you not. He wrote that down. I would do the same thing. I would, I would. I would Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't, right? So all of his writings he always puts in there the guy that Jesus loved the most, right? Awesome, we can learn from that. So John writes his um, l- writes, um, writes uh, his book and uh, he has he wants to be inspired. So he goes, okay, what am I gonna do? Now obviously we know John's personality, right? He's larger than life, apparently, and he, he's, he's gotta, he's gotta, he wants to be he wants to be, you know, he wants to stand out. So he goes, I'm gonna start my book. What do I start with? I know. I'm going to start with the whole first thing again. So the first John, chapter 1, this is how John starts. In the beginning. Like, he loves it. He's like, I'm copying Genesis, okay? But then he changes it. He said, in the beginning was the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him the word gave life to everything that was created and this life brought light to everyone do you notice what's happening here he's doing the same thing that genesis is doing talking about god the creator talking about jesus the word and is talking about this idea of light again telling his people, reminding them that God is not binary, he's trinity, that there is a deeper part of God that we have to understand, that even though some of us might know him as God the Father, the God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, which is great, I think that's great, it's good, because with language, it allows us to, like, own it and make it personal, and so we can relate but it's deeper than that. It's not the father of you and me. It's the father of all creation. Jesus is not son of the father more than that. He's also the firstborn of all creation. He's the son of the firstborn of all creation. Uh, the spirit is not just the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Is Ruha, which is a feminine a spirit a feminine word which means the the like the, the finger of god the um, in fact in the scriptures it's the, it's the wisdom of god and so why do all these concepts matter i think they matter so much because number 1 we have to understand that that uh, as god is so complicated you and i are complicated and our understanding of god is a little complicated let me tell you why in the middle of this complication it gives us, you and me, so much freedom. Because some of us grew up with a um, father who might have been abusive, abusive. Maybe distant. Maybe distracted. Maybe always discontent, like you could never um, please him. Maybe you grew up with a mom who uh, was always critical. Uh, there was always an issue. It was never really done right. Maybe you grew up with a view that was distorted, and now what's happened is that you've taken that view, and you've now made God, because people keep calling God the Father, and you've made God into the image, the broken image that you had. And so now when you relate to him, it's just so tough. For me personally, uh, it happened to me. When I met Jesus, like I said, you know, super, you know, all that uh, um, kind of crazy story of that, I met Jesus. Uh, it was not a church. It was in my, uh, in my room, and uh, one night changed everything about my life. And, and I met him um, for years. I would just connect and pray with Jesus. Um, I would never say Father, partly because my relationship with my dad was not the greatest. And so I could never relate. And I miss the part of Father, God, the Father of all creation, fathering me. See, those things are so important Because it allows us to step into a space where we begin to experience God in much deeper ways. For some of you, you just believe that God is a God who really just wants to uh, pay attention to all the things you've done wrong. Like, as soon as you're doing something wrong, that's when you feel His presence. Uh, If you've done something right, it never, He's never there to celebrate. As Others of you, you feel God a certain way because you've gotten to a healthy place. Your image of God uh, matters. It matters so much because you begin to live into it and then you determine your relationship you know, in it. So why is this, uh, why is this so important? Well, what, what has got you stuck? Could it be possible that it's your image of God that you've not realized that God is this complicated trinity. And see, even in the even the word Trinity, it's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, when you think of the word Trinity, people probably describe it as a triangle, right? A triangle, okay? God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we kind of get that. But the problem with that is is that it, it's, it doesn't do it justice. It's not enough to explain the mystery of God. Trinity is actually more like a circle. You don't know who starts what what, uh, when the Father ends, when the Son starts, when the Spirit, when the Creator, when the Spirit, when the Word changes, changes and changes. And so I think for us, you and I, we have to understand that when you think of the Trinity, you think of this complicated God, and when you even think of Jesus, again and again in the Scriptures, He's always called the Word of God. Several weeks ago, I said, hey guys, I know that it's endearing to call the Bible the Word of God. does not necessarily true. He is referred to the Word of God again and again and again and again. John is going back because what? The Word, everything was created in the Word. That's why we talk about how we are in Christ, because we are supposed to be living in Him. He holds all of creation together. In the book of Revelation, it says again, and there was, John um, depicts this scene and then again calls Jesus His title was the Word of God. Why is that so important? Because, friends, that's why sometimes when you talk to God, you're always talking to Jesus, and when you are conveying or people are conversing with him, they go, man, Jesus told me, Jesus told me. Why? Because it seems like God always wants to speak to you, and that's why Jesus is the Word. So when you speak to God or when when you hear from him, know that it's... It's this Christ, it's this Jesus speaking to you. Now, some of you guys are like, okay, this is like, uh, okay, this is fascinating, but what does it do to my life? How does it affect my life? Well, it should set us free. It should set you free from this idea of what this image of God looks like. And it should confuse you just a little bit. It really should. Because you're like, okay, so give me something solid. Give me something solid. Well, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Okay, so there was a guy, Nicodemus. He went to Jesus, and he was a rabbi, you know, and uh, he was a Pharisee, a religious leader. He went to him in the middle of the night kind of thing, didn't want anybody there, and just said, hey, Jesus, tell me what's going on. Because obviously you're doing some amazing things. You're talking about some amazing things. You're blowing our minds. What's the deal? I I want to have this eternal life. I want to know what does it— look like for me for us to step into it just tell me tell me and then jesus says this idea uh that we get we have gotten uh, this phrase uh born again anybody heard of the phrase born again right we got it from Jesus' conversation uh, to nicodemus And he goes unless you are what born again you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven and again nicodemus is like us going okay give me something real here what, what what's going on and he goes okay i'm not going to be born again once again physically And then Jesus says this. He says in John uh, 3, talking to Nicodemus, he says, humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Now, it seems pretty cool until you stop again and you look at what he is really saying. What he is saying is that the Spirit is your mother who will give birth to your spiritual life. Which again, to me and Nicodemus and all of us were like, what? Like, I didn't even think of that. Jesus is saying, yeah, yeah, your yeah. your like, the, y- the, your mother is the spirit who's going to birth you out. No wonder people were always confused with Jesus, right? But what, what's happened? We've taken the the beauty and the genius of Jesus, and we've kind of just made it so simple for us to understand. And in the middle of trying to understand, we we have removed the richness and the depth of what God is trying to tell us. See, you and I were created in God's image because, what that means is because we were made extremely complicated. He was Trinity, and guess what? Guess what? You are Trinity as well. You, you are more than you think you are, which leads to my second point, right? The second point is this, is that, is that if, if God is Trinity, then what are you? You, my friend, are the same. You are made in that beautiful image of God. Let me explain it this way here. Check this out. Genesis 1, then, then God said, he said this, okay? Help me out. Then God said, and let's read it together. Let us make human beings in our own image. So God created human beings in his own image. Did you notice again what he did there? He said, let us. Let us. Is God just talking to himself? Is he one of those guys? I do that. I can relate. Okay? No. No. There seems to be this, again, this trinity that existed. He says, let us and let's make God in our own image. And so what do they do? They make us in trinity. That means you have a soul, you have a spirit, and you have a body. And for so long, um, uh, spirituality sometimes just focuses on the spirit and leaves the body and the soul alone. Some people just focus on the soul and not. Not anything else. Some people just focus on one of those things, but we're supposed to focus on all of those things because you and I, my friend, are complicated. Turn to your neighbor and just say, "You're complicated." No, really, you're complicated. You've been trying. To, you've been wanting to say that for a while now, right? <laughs> okay, okay. I, some people are just pointing at people like, "You're complicated." <laughs> now, I'm not saying hard to work with and annoying. We didn't say that. It's just say like, complicated. Just said complicated. Okay. So Thessalonians 5 reminds us, it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. The word holy there is whole, whole, holistic, coming together, being healthy. It says, And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. He's reminding his people, you're complicated, you're made in soul, spirit, and body, I'm praying all those for you, and then God is responsible in a sense. He's He's committed to the process like we learned last week. So, why does why why is this important to us? It's important to us because the things that we get stuck in, the, the sin that kind of messes us up, the addiction that we um, that we find ourselves in, the the constant uh, worrying about, thinking about things on social media, checking people's statuses, and or trying to figure out where we stand in the world. All of those things, um, you don't are so burdensome sometimes that you just want to just quit it all, and. I think a lot of us have this idea why can why why can't why 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 can't I just kind of figure this out like why 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 can't I just not have a problem with this? Have you ever thought that like why am I so difficult like why isn't life just easy? And what you mean by that is not just everything, everybody else, but also yourself. Like, why are you just having multiple thoughts at the same time? Like, it wouldn't be nice to just go, okay, I just want my brain to stop. Have you ever, like, laid in, in bed saying, just stop thinking? Like, you're just you're constantly going, constantly going. Why? Because you are beautifully complicated because you are made in imago day, The image and the complexity of god friends and we for us to um to dumb that down is not smart at all in fact john here first john he says this he says for everything in the world The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. What is he saying? He's saying, friends, as you struggle with some things, just know you're going to have these weird things that he likes to call lust of the eyes. It affects your soul. The things you look at and you want, it affects your soul. He says there's things that are lust of the flesh. It affects your body everything that's about your body, what you want, what you don't want it to look like, what you do want it to look like, how many filters will make you skinnier, you know, all kinds of things. He says, and then the pride of life. It's the spirit. All of these things will come at you. they are temptations that will come at your way because, again, you're beautifully complicated. Friends, again, what this is so important for us to understand because as we are complicated, God is wanting to remove us or move us into a place of oneness. So we are like sometimes just so three different parts and sometimes it's more than three different parts and we're not really together because these parts are made up of all kinds of titles and positions and um, um, identities that we put on ourselves. That's why Galatians says this, okay? That's what Paul says this, okay? So stay with me here, okay? it he says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united in Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. This is exactly what's gonna happen as we baptize people today. And then he says this, there is no longer, help me out, there's no longer what? Jew or Gentile, slave or male or female and for you are all what one in Christ Jesus what is he talking about he's talking about the reality of his culture and the culture that we live in that what happens is is that we don't understand how complicated we are we and then therefore we don't understand how complicated other people are and we begin to create societies and begin to create culture that is extremely toxic because we're focused on these titles, this are you a Jew, are you a Gentile, this, these, these groupings of people, are you a slave or free, like are you privileged or you're not privileged, are you oppressed or not, like you have these categories, are you male, okay, you can do this, are you female, you can do this. And so we live out our culture like that, and we live out our Christianity like that, My friends. And so what we do end up doing is we focus on these things and we don't realize that because we are made in God's image, he's actually moving us from these distinct parts to actually being one with him and being whole with him. See, when it gets really toxic, it's, it's amazing to me because I came from a different uh, culture. I, I can't, uh, I, the first time I remember the phrase man up, have you ever heard the phrase man up? I had no idea what that meant. I was like, what does man up mean? There's a man upstairs, like what, what, man up, not man down, man down means something else, right, man down means like man down, right, I I had no idea, I had no idea, and then again, coming from a different culture, I'm realizing that there is some serious toxic manhood issues, at least in the U.S., like there is a, this is what a man looks like, this is what, and, and if and this person does not look like this or dress like this or act like this, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's messed up. I mean, I wear more jewelry than my wife. I do. I do. Deal with it, okay? Okay? And she deals with it all the time, but, I, okay? But there is this view that this is what a man should look like. Let me just show you what a, a man, a man's man looked like in the 1700s. Can I, can I just show you that picture? Okay, right, right here. This is what? Okay? A man's man, yeah, these people, people like that, dressed like this, wrote uh, the, uh, the founding fathers, okay? okay? Or mothers, or what, what, what do they look like? I don't know. But check this out, just think about this for a second, okay? These pe- guys, they, when they went to work in the 1700s, they got up in the morning, they put on makeup, they wore a wig, they put pantyhose on and heels and went to work. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Now, you might go, oh, yeah, the 1700s, whatever, whatever, whatever. But, okay, I'm going to go to a wedding in a couple of months. Guess what I'm going to be wearing? Let me show you. Okay? I'm going to wear this. Okay? Okay? So, this looks like a dress, doesn't it? Some of you guys are like, I wouldn't be caught dead in that. I get it. It's not for everybody. And besides, you can't even pull it off. Anyway, but, (laughs) no, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But do you, these pictures are just to show you that our view of A manhood, or our view of womanhood, I think can be toxic at points. And our image of God changes because of that, and and our image of people changes, and then we treat people a certain way. A toxic manhood means, like, you basically have to be the strongest, you have to be the smartest, you have to be the fastest, most confident, most successful person in the room. You're crushing it every day, all day, and smelling good. A toxic womanhood, uh, you got to do all the things all the time, never need a break or help, and look good doing all of it. I mean, how, 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 does that even, how does that even work, my friends? It does not work at all. So why do we focus on this? Because we focus on this. And what does this have to do with spirituality? So much. So much. Because Christianity has become a religion that we're trying to reclaim which, if you've been here, we're trying—that's that's our mission statement—to reclaim the message and movement of Jesus. That we're trying to reclaim because we have focused. Christianity has focused so much on the outward appearance of people. They focus so much on lifestyles and clothes and what they should do and what they shouldn't do. How, these roles that women should be a part of. I mean, there are people. There are godly people making writing books about how women should not speak or teach or pastor i'm shocked at this what what in the world has happened i think that we have not understood that God has taken our uniquely, uniquely complicated self, this, may, this image that he's made us so complicated, made us into one, and so we are now in a reality that, that kind of brings everything together. It's like God brought everything, put it in a Jesus blender, and goes, drink this. And no one wants to do that. But that's what Christianity actually is, my friends. There's one author, Richard Rohr, he writes this idea of a uh, false self versus true self. And the false self, he talks about, he describes it as your body image, your job, um, your education, your clothes, your money, your sexual identity, uh, your success. He calls it, this is the false self. And then he says talks about the true self, your values, your character, what you care about, who you love, who you're becoming, all of those is your true self. Now, as I read up on that, I like to call it sacred and, sa- and secular. Sacred is your sacred self is your true self. It's, uh, sacred self is the stuff that is not going to go away. It's permanent, okay? So I like to call it sacred. Now, truth is, we do not focus a lot on the sacred stuff, sadly. Now, the false self that he talks about, I call the secular. Secular is another term for temporary, we call it secular because it, it is, in fact, going to go away. All of those things I just listed are just going to go away. At some point, all of that is going to go away. Your true self is the only thing that's going to go away. And, friends, it's the true, that true self is, that the, is connected to the image that God made you in, your spirit, soul, and body. Now, we will have some kind of bodies, but it's not going to look like this, and I'm probably not going to wear all this jewelry, Okay? <laughs> but it's gonna be a very different um, existence. You and I have to understand that, friends. We have to get this, or we're gonna continually spend time and money and focus, and our prayers, on our education, on our clothes, on our sexual identity, and our success. And we're going to spend all that time talking about other people's success, and sexual identity, and body image, and jobs, and all those things. And we're going to not be, we're not going to live into the image of God, because what we're focusing on is only the stuff that is going to go away. All of these things are going to go. What would Christianity look like? What would a follower of Jesus look like? What would a church look like? That if we just focused on the true self, the the, the sacred self, what we we had conversations about those things, about our character, about the one things we value, about how we're supposed to love who who we're, and how how it's challenging to actually accept the people that we don't really connect with. What if we focused on those things? We focused on becoming like Christ. Man, it would change the game. Did you notice Jesus always talked about and always taught and spoke into your um, true self, never the false. He he provided for people, but it's always true self. It's the permanent stuff. It's the sacred stuff. And here's why. Because Jesus always held people sacred always, always. And if you and I don't understand that we're supposed to do this, we will not even hold ourselves sacred. A couple of years ago, I did a series called sacred sins that we have to hold actually our sins and other people's sins as sacred because they're heartbreaking. There's so much brokenness in that. You see, if we don't understand that it says that we don't understand that we are made in God's image because in God's image is sacred, my friends. It's sacred. And even the most religious people will miss this. In fact, there were people continually bothering Jesus because he would heal people uh, on the Sabbath. If you read the, 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 the gospel stories, he would be healing people, and they would always have a problem with it. And he would do it just to spite them, I think, sometimes. He's like, uh, why would I not heal people on the Sabbath? And they were like, no, 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 you're not supposed to do work on the Sabbath. And he was like, holding people sacred is not work. Healing people is not work. Loving people is not work. Here, Jesus says, well, clearly in Mark, he says, he says this, people were not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for people. See, I think what happens is, is that we end up misunderstanding what the image of God looks like. It doesn't deeply move us. And so now what we do is we hold practices sacred, not people. And so we spend our time uh, uh, Defending practices and traditions and theology and doctrine and all those things, all those things are good. Like Jesus said, I'm not coming here to kill the law, but I'm just telling you something. This, the law is not enough. It's about loving people, not, not following the letter of the law, and we miss it. This is why it bothers me so much. This is why I'm like, I need people to understand this because if you don't get this, then you and I will not hold other people sacred. They're so much more complicated than you think. And if you and I focus on the fact that oh well I don't I don't get them and I don't get why they talk like that or why they live like that or why they dress like that or why they do this or why they do that and I'm not quite sure I'm not comfortable with it I'm not comfortable with it I have nothing in common with them I'm not quite sure I'm not quite sure I'm just going to back away back away back away I get that you want to back away from people you don't you have the least amount of um, of um, of connection with. I get that. I, I, I know that. I, I, I'm so aware of that. I'm an immigrant. I get that, okay? I know it's just tough for people to, if you don't know them, if you, have, don't, you don't have anything in common with them, you want to just back away. But the church, my friends, Mosaic, we cannot back away from this because it actually, it actually determines our spirituality like nothing else does. If you don't, if you if you didn't get, uh, understand that, let me show you. Let me show you. Jesus tells a story explaining this very truth in Matthew twenty and uh, twenty-five. He says this. He says he's he's telling a story. He says he says that oh, here's what's going to happen. Oh, one day, everybody's going to come together, the hall of humanity, and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, the king is going to take all the people who came, and all these people were like believers of him, and they're worshiping him and all that, and but then he's going to separate the two two people into two groups, goats and sheep.s Okay, and when he does that, he's going to tell the sheeps, okay, the sheep are good people, okay, the sheep are the good, okay, sheep, he's he's going to say this, he says, come, you are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world, and then he says, tells them why, sheep, he tells them, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. So he does that, right? And now the other group, the other group, spiritual people, they go, oh, what, 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 we, what, what are you, what are you doing here? What, what's happening here? What's happening here? And then they finally ask him. They go, they go hold on Lord, Lord when did we ever see what's that word you you being the key word when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison or not and not help you? and then Jesus goes that's the problem right there that's the problem right right there that whole like Because what they were saying is, we saw other people, we just didn't see you. We saw other people, we we saw the people, you know, but we we backed away. We just didn't see you. And then he says this, he says this, I tell you the truth, that when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help what? Me. Christianity can be simplified to this. Um, the way you treat the least important person in your life. That's it. At the end, God's like, let me just simplify this. How do you treat the least important, significant person in your life? How do you treat the person you have the least amount of connection with? You are least like. How do you treat them? How how do you relate to the person you least agree with politically? How do you you treat them? Uh, Just just, just go on your Facebook or your social media. How do you treat them? Uh, How do you treat the people you have least things in common with, that you can least connect with, you can least relate to, you are least like them? How do you treat those people? And there it is. Because if you knew that they were me, you treat them better. And this whole image of God is this. He's in us. He's in you. You were made in the image of God. Humanity was made in the image of God. It's so easy for us to go, ah, uh, not those people. Not those people. There's just weird. I don't get them. They're in, they're in sin. They're in, they're doing stuff, and I, they're 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 just they And what we're saying, you're, what you're saying is, is I, I, I'm not I'm not gonna feed them. I'm not gonna give them a drink. I'm not gonna invite them in my home. I'm not gonna give them clothing. I'm not gonna do that. And I just wonder, could it be possible that at the end of days, God's gonna go, Yeah, but that was me. That was me. Why? Because I was I'm I'm. I'm in them. I'm in them. Colossians 1 says this. Let me just remind us, and then I'll pray for us. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before everything was created. Yes, Genesis just told us that and he is supreme over all creation for through him god created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth everything was created through him and for him he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together there is a image of god there is a imago de dna in every human being and if we don't hold them sacred our our religion, our Christianity, our Jesus is useless. And I don't know about you, friends, but we cannot be that church. We have to hold people sacred more than anything else because they were made in the image of God. So I want to pray for us. I want to pray that you be transformed by this and that you would transform the people around you. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much that you today are inviting us into a place where you are going to show us that it's okay for us to be complicated. It's okay for us to have even conflicting thoughts sometimes. It's okay for us to seem like we're going forward and then we're going backwards. Uh, I I pray that you would um, show us that we're so much more complicated than what we think, and that we could give ourselves even grace because of that. But God, I pray that we would also understand that we are made sacred because you made us into your image, the beautiful complexity of how you are, you've given uh, this to us, that we are Trinity, that we are complicated, and yet you're in the middle of all of that. Father, I pray that this would move us into a deeper relationship with us with uh, you. And God, it would move us into a deeper love for people around us. That we would not be guilty of treating the least important person, the least significant person in our lives in a way that doesn't honor you. God, I pray that we would see people In fact, we would pull them so close and hold them so close that we get to see you in them. Regardless, God, of who they are, what they are doing, what their background is, what their nationality is. God, we would just see humanity as sacred. God, would you change us? Would you remind us, God, that you've pursued us with this love that doesn't make any sense and you're calling us to do the same. Father, I pray that you You move us in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.